This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Wednesday, November 18th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. California, Oregon to destroy climate dams. Ross on carbon capture. Industry alliance to shape climate debate. And EU faces pushback on climate tariff. Newsom wins agreement to destroy climate dams. California and Oregon reached an agreement yesterday with a company owned by Berkshire Hathaway to remove four dams in the Klamath Basin. The dams were blamed for destroying salmon habitat that Native American tribes in California depend on. Environmental and tribal groups have sought to remove the dams for decades. Governor Gavin Newsom took personal affection with the cause, saying, I grew up with some of my greatest memories of going up to this river, he said in a conference call with Oregon Governor Kate Brown. My father started a mountain lion foundation. My first pet was a river otter. Now keep in mind, the dams are downstream from Klamath farmers who fought a long legal battle over water that was diverted to protect fish in 2001. That effort ended in June when the U.S. Supreme Court declined to take up the case in which those farmers sought legal compensation for that water. A lower court had ruled that tribal water rights were senior to the farmers' rights. Also in June, Klamath farmers protested a decision by the Federal Water Project to cut off their water allocations in order to protect endangered fish. Ross excited that carbon sequestration gets national attention. Since the election of Joe Biden for president, CDFA Secretary Karen Ross has noticed national commodity organizations and farm groups following California's lead on carbon sequestration among working lands. During a meeting of the Strategic Growth Council yesterday, Ross called it a tremendous opportunity to really partner with farmers and ranchers on the governor's executive order to conserve 30% of the state's land by 2030. She said the Healthy Soils Program, her passion project, will be at the center of the initiative. The National Resources Agency is set to begin stakeholder engagement on the order at the start of 2021. Ross also mentioned that California's low-carbon fuel standard is allowing for renewable natural gas generated by dairy digesters to be considered a replacement for fossil fuels. She called it building a cow-powered highway. Coalition of Farm and Conservation Groups unite on climate proposals. Leading farm groups united with two major environmental groups to release yesterday more than 40 policy climate proposals. The aim is to help farmers to benefit economically from reducing greenhouse gas emissions and to become more climate resilient. The proposals include some ideas that already have some democratic support. That includes the concept of a USDA carbon bank to trade agriculture carbon credits. The proposal is the brainchild of the leader of President-elect Joe Biden's USDA transition team, Robert Bonney, a USDA undersecretary during the Obama administration. You can read more about the alliance recommendations at agripulse.com. We'll also have more about the proposal's prospects in this week's Agripulse newsletter. Key Republican not sold yet on carbon credits. With the Climate Alliance proposals, the question is how much of the plan gets picked up. Randy Russell, the top industry lobbyist who is advising the alliance, says the coalition's intent is to get its recommendations included in climate legislation. 
He thinks there's good chance a bill could move through a closely divided Congress. Biden transition officials are being briefed on the recommendations this week. One key recommendation, creating a carbon bank at USDA, could be carried out administratively. That according to a key Biden transition advisor. However, the alliance believes Congress needs to increase USDA's CCC spending authority beyond $30 billion. By the way, keeping an eye on Senator John Bozeman, who will either chair or be the top Republican in the Senate Ag- Agriculture Committee next year, he told AgriPulse he's concerned that ag carbon credits will benefit companies that trade the offsets more than the farmers who actually generate them. Here's a transition watch. Former Senator Heidi Heitkamp, considered a leading candidate to become Agriculture Secretary, co-authored an opinion piece at AgriPulse.com arguing for policymakers to address the climate issue. Her co-author was former Georgia Senator Saxby Chambliss. A group that Heitkamp co-founded, the One Country Project, sent out an email to promote the piece. Bozeman, stimulus unlikely this year. Producers likely won't see another influx of COVID-19 cash until after the first of the year. Bozeman feels Democrats are holding out for a Biden administration. He told AgriPulse, I don't see us really getting anything done until after the first of the year, and I think that Vice President Biden has got ideas along those lines, and I think Democrats are purposefully waiting. By the way, as of this week, the Coronavirus Food Assistance Program has paid out roughly $20.5 billion to producers and CFAP 1 and CFAP 2, according to USDA. About $10.4 billion in CFAP 2 payments have been distributed so far to 651,000 farmers. EU faces international concerns over carbon tariff. Several countries, including the U.S., are airing concerns at the World Trade Organization over the European Union's plan to tax imports based on their carbon intensity. The U.S., Canada, Colombia, India, Norway, Paraguay, Russia, Saudi Arabia, and Turkey all expressed reservations about the carbon border adjustment plan after the EU made a presentation this week on its European Green Deal, an initiative that the Trump administration sharply criticized for threatening agriculture productivity and reducing farmers' access to technologies like pesticides. Report, Agrobotics Face Numerous Challenges. A new paper from the Council for Agriculture, Science and Technology says, There are both technical and socioeconomic barriers to the increased adoption of ground and aerial robots in agriculture. Among the engineering challenges are designing and developing robots to work faster and more gently than human labor when interacting with plants and animals, the paper says. There's also the fear that robots will replace humans and the question of whether robots are economically viable. We're certainly going to see the use of robots growing slowly, said Purdue professor Dennis Buckmaster, speaking on a CAST webinar yesterday. He doesn't think robots will be common on farms for at least another decade. Jobs robots could do include harvesting fruits and vegetables, weeding and thinning vegetable crops, precision chemical application, and crop canopy management. Well, here's today's She Said It. Our top goal remains clear. Avoid having the state become part of the economic problem, which means avoiding cuts to programs and middle-class tax increases. 
that Senate Pro Tem Tony Atkins in a statement about a new state budget analysis to be released today. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Wednesday, November 18th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Allen.